Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wassalamu ala rasulullah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Now we find ourselves in just 26, night 26. We ask Allah to accept our efforts and to overlook any of our shortcomings. Amin Rabbil Alameen. There's a key passage that's mentioned towards the beginning of this juz, of this para, in which Allah highlights an ideal and healthy balance and dynamic between parents and children. An ideal and healthy dynamic and balance between both parents and children. So step number one, and this also this concept also ties in with ayahs that we find in Surah Al-Isra, again, in which Allah Azza wa Jal describes this ideal and healthy balance between both parents and children. And that's not only indicative throughout that entire passage as well as this one, but especially when you look at the dua that's included there, and say, my Lord have mercy on them, referring to the parents, as they had mercy on me when I was little. As they had mercy on me when I was little. So right there, there's this clear indication that in that type of dynamic, there's a healthy balance. There's a healthy situation. Because the, the assumption is, if a child is making that dua, asking Allah to be merciful to their parents as their parents were merciful to them when they were little, the assumption is that the parents were present and merciful to them when they were little. So the onus, the step number one, the onus is on the parents to do what's within their capacity to begin that cycle of ihsan, starting with the parents towards their kids, not, not only while they're young, but starting while they're young, and then it should continue throughout the rest of their lives. And as a result, what goes around comes around, هَلْ جَزَاءُ الْإِحْسَانِ إِلَّا الْإِحْسَانِ Is there any reward for ihsan other than ihsan? So step number one would be for the parents to produce ihsan, and then later on as the children grow up, they should receive ihsan in return. And then when those children have their own children, they should pay it forward. And instead of, you know, having generational trauma, we need to have generational healing. We need to have generational healing. We need to have generational medicine from a spiritual standpoint, especially. It's simply a fact that hurt people hurt people. And that's where generational trauma ties into this. Because if somebody was hurt from their parents, and then they end up having kids, if they didn't heal, they're going to hurt their kids. And then when they grow up, if they don't heal, then they're going to hurt their kids, and it goes on and on. It's the exact opposite. It's the reverse of what we want in terms of sadaqah jariyah. What we want is to leave behind something positive, and then for that person to pay, you know, pay it forward, to pass on that positive thing to the next generation, and the next, and the next. That's what we want. But it starts within the individual to recognize the importance of producing ihsan. And this concept is found time and time again throughout the Qur'an and the Sunnah of the Prophet Step one is on us. Step one is on us. In whatever situation. Let me look at the situation and then see, is there something that I need to adjust? Is there something that I need to contribute? It's a whole lot easier to point one finger externally as opposed to three fingers internally. It's a lot easier. It's a lot more convenient. It takes no work to be a critic. It takes a lot of work though to try to polish things inside. It takes work also to heal. 
It's not a person's fault if trauma was done to them. It's not their fault that it was done to them. But it is their responsibility to heal, to take that journey of trying to heal. So when Allah mentions these ayat in Surah Al-Ahqaf, وَوَصَيْنَ الْإِنسَانَ بِوَالِدَيْهِ إِحْسَانَ Right from the get-go, Allah is making it very clear that children need to be good to their parents. Look at everything that they've done for you. Look at what they've gone through. And then the child may say, but I, I can't see what they had gone through when mom was pregnant and the delivery and the nursing and the sleepless nights and you know all the different headaches and challenges. And, but I, I can't, how can I appreciate it if I haven't seen it? Allah says, appreciate it anyways. Appreciate it anyways. And actually, that's part of the point. You don't remember those sleepless nights, but they do. You don't remember that struggle, but they do. And it's amazing how the mother can, char- can carry the child for several months and go through that, that struggle and the labor and the nursing. And there's so, much, there's so much pain involved, frankly. There's so much challenge involved. But what's interesting is there's so much love involved as well. Your mother, your mother, your mother, your father, because nobody loves you like your mother in a healthy, ideal, balanced situation. So it's something worth keeping in mind that whenever we come across these ayat, that this is regarding the ideal. And if there are gaps in that regard, then whoever's the reason for those gaps, then they have to analyze, you know, let me fill those gaps that I'm responsible for. So if it's from the, the parents to the children, they need to fill those gap, gaps. If it's from the children to the parents, they need to fill those gaps. Because ideally, there has to be a holistic and wholesome situation, ideally from both sides. And we ask Allah to grant all of us that healthy, balanced dynamic. When we move on to Surah Muhammad, there's a unique ayah in the surah in which Allah mentions four different types of rivers in Jannah. Allah mentions water, rivers of water, of milk, of wine, and of honey. After that ayah, Allah mentions that Imagine the, the Prophet giving a reminder, giving a khutbah, giving, giving a talk, giving a lesson, giving a dars. Imagine the Prophet, والسلام, the greatest teacher ever, the greatest person ever and the greatest teacher ever. Imagine him teaching. How much of a blessing would it be to be in that gathering? Allah mentions even then, even though there's the best teacher and the, the best subject, all of that is the best. Allah mentions, وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَسْتَمِعُوا إِلَيْكَ even then, there were people, this is the hypocrites, they may have been there physically, but they were not there spiritually. They didn't open their hearts to receive any of that light, any of that nourishment. So even though there were, there were some people who benefited tremendously from the same gathering, but others left and they benefited with nothing. Because it's up to the person to open their heart to receive, that benefit, to receive that lesson, to receive that light. And if that's regarding the Prophet, then how about anyone else? A lot of it boils down to the intention of the person. If someone's going somewhere for Jum'ah, what's my intention? Am I looking to extract some nectar from the fruit of this khutbah or not? And this is across the world. What is my intention for going in? What am I looking to walk away with? In Surah Al-Fatih, right from the beginning, this is in connection with Hudaybiyah, there is a clear reminder for all of us in our own situations that behind something ma- bad, excuse me, behind something bad may be something good. At first, something may look sour, 
But if Allah knows that it's sweet, then that's what it's going to be. At face value, Hudaybiyah looked like an absolute defeat. Very understandably, the conditions were extremely lopsided. But Allah describes it not just as an opening, not just as a victory, but a clear victory. إِنَّا فَتَحْنَا لَكَ فَتْحًا مُبِينًا and then you see the wisdom behind that over time, and then you see how that occurrence directly tied in with, okay, because now, now there was peace. So now the Muslims could focus on teaching, and the teachings of Islam make so much sense. So they were focusing on teaching and, you know, connecting with other surrounding tribes and making peace treaties, and, and a lot of people started to become Muslim. Then later... When on the side of Quraysh, they betray that treaty consciously, that leads to the conquest of Mecca. But why was the conquest of Mecca such a, a, a one-sided victory? Because of that window of time, so, they, so the Muslims could teach. So they could do da'wah, so they could invite people, so they could, so they could expand their network of light, basically. In Surah Al-Hujurat, this is also known as, the, known as the Surah of Adab, five out of the 18 ayahs begin with, O you who believe. Again, a reminder to look internally regarding adab and character. The, the EQ of the Prophet ﷺ was, was beyond incredible. was beyond incredible. How he navigated different things. And you see that in how much the Sahaba loved him. It's absolutely incredible, subhanAllah. When you look at Surah Qaf, there's, a very, there's this extremely powerful passage that really shakes the heart of the believer when we come across it. And there's a key concept that's mentioned there. So we have to ask ourselves internally, are we in a state of ghafla? Are we in a state of heedlessness? Are we going, going about you know, our day-to-day -day routine, living our lives in ways that have nothing to do with preparation for judgment day? If so, then we're in a state of ghafla. Then we're in a state of heedlessness. Then we're in a state where we think that this life is the be-all, end-all. But when a person's not in a state of ghafla, when a person's not in a state of heedlessness, then they, they navigate this life with an understanding that That taqwa, the condition of your heart, what's in your heart and chest, that's what you take with you. That is priority numbers one, two, and three. So we have, we have opposite ends of the spectrum. May Allah make us people of taqwa and not make us people of ghafla. We ask Allah to help us to benefit from the Qur'an. We ask Allah to help us to connect with it as best we can. And we ask Allah for that prophetic EQ that the Prophet taught us, alayhi salatu wa salam. Subhana rabbika rabbil azzati amma yasifun. Wassalamun ala al-mursaleen. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.